0: Hey everybody, it's the new challengers again, the Angry Challenger, and let me introduce the Dreaded Challenger.
1: Once again, I'm here with the Angry Challenger, we're about to do it, let's get it.
0: Alright, today we're going to talk about special move properties. Now there's a lot to know in fighting games, there's a lot going on, a lot of people don't understand, like why is this hitting me, what does this mean, I don't know, there's a lot of stuff in fighting games, so we're going to help break down. A few of the basic concepts and basic special properties that you might run into in all sorts of games, whether they're 2D or 3D.
1: Yeah, everybody's had that moment in fighting games where they're like, oh, I got them now. I'm going to hit them with this. But then like, they do something weird, and like, you swear that you hit them, or you swear that you blocked that, but that result doesn't come out. Well, you've got to know that sometimes things don't always act the way they look. That's why we're talking about these special properties. Let's get into it.
0: Alright, so I want to start with a really basic one that kind of gets newer players here. Now, as you know, blocking is huge in fighting games. And in the case of 2D fighters, your down back block or your crouch block is one of your strongest blocks in that it blocks all standing moves and all crouching moves. Now, What are you doing to do on the ground? Normally if someone's crouch blocking you and you are standing facing them, you're not really able to hit them. We have things called overheads or mid attacks. What they do is they actually hit over a low block. So if you find yourself blocking low and something hits you regardless, it might not be a throw. It might just be an overhead. Overheads are especially dangerous because in some cases, they have special counter hit properties, or you can just straight up combo after the overhead strikes, meaning that you could get opened up to all kinds of damage just because you were blocking low. And that's dangerous because you've got to know when to block high and low, especially when you're fighting a strong rushdown character or somebody with a really good overhead.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Now, the big difference is in, in, uh, you know, in 3D fighters and in 2D fighters. And 2D fighters block and low is usually a safe option because there's usually only like one overhead or if they're jumping at you that'll blow. you can have time to see it coming and stand block. And 3D fighters such as, you know, Tekken and Soul Calibur, mid attacks are plentiful and you cannot duck block them all the time. So actually ducking is far more risky in 3D fighters like Tekken because, you know, you got mid launchers that just hit for mad damage, but in in those games, you, that's just part of the game well as in a 2d fighter the overheads are seen as more of a special thing usually a player or a character will only have one or none some of them will have two like hugo's got a, a couple of them but usually a character will just have one like where you will have his you know his clapical strike or whatever that weird looking overhead punch where he twists his spine in all kind of different degrees and then, you know ken's got his overhead kick and a lot of times an overhead in a two D game is gonna be a little slower than his other attacks. You usually, it's usually just to give him the 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 defender just a split second to recognize it, and read it, and then be able to stand up and block. So they're usually gonna be a little slower. But any character with a standing overhead move is gonna have a more complete offense because he's gonna have that overhead to throw out and, and crush that low, low that low block.
0: Yeah, and normally in like uh, games like KOF, you can actually chain your special normal attacks and overhead attacks will usually lose their overhead property when they're chained into so something to keep in mind if you're playing SNK games but that aside overheads pretty much give you the ability to open up someone crouch blocking if you uh, don't have a very good throw or if you like a command throw or if you just want to use a strike that can lead to more damage now the opposite of overheads would be low attacks now most people are going to be crouch blocking when you're on the ground but there are certain things you can do to try to open people up differently, like uh, a standing low attack. This is something like Makoto's forward heavy kick in uh, Street Fighter 3 and uh, Street Fighter 4. She kind of hops forward and she kicks, and it hits low and it knocks them down. In King of Fighters 99, also known as King of Fighters Evolution on Dreamcast, there is a character named Zhang Fei. She also has an attack that it looks exactly the same in the startup as her overhead, but it strikes low. So
1: That's a filthy mix up right there. Yeah,
0: so what she'll do is she kind of does this like kung fu pose that she backs up, and you don't know if she's going to do the double fist overhead or the low kick. And a standing low attack is really vicious because when someone is standing, and you start. You have a move with a lot of startup, like Dreaded said before, it's going to try to condition you into stand blocking because it's normally an overhead. But all of a sudden, whoops, a low attack. Now that aside, most crouching kicks in 2D fighters, this isn't a rule, but most crouching kicks are low attacks. So they will hit below your standing block. And um, I'm just, you know, I added this to the list of special move properties because... You gotta know when to block high and low. And if you've got that move that's really tricky, that standing low attack, you gotta be mindful of that because for something like Makoto's forward heavy kick, she can close the distance somewhat quickly and just knock you right off your feet while you're trying to back up away from her. So,
1: yeah, there's that. You know, we just talked about overheads and standing lows, which are two moves that can really mess someone up and make your offense unpredictable and make it very difficult to defend against. Uh, I'm just going to say this real quick. Um, we're not going to talk about defense too much, but when you're faced with a character who's got it like, you know, those kind of options, it's important to know that matchup. And let's just say the onslaught's coming and you have to guess which way to block. It's best to find out which option is, let's just say riskier. Or leads to more damage. If you know that the low is going to lead to more damage than the overhead, and you're just going to have to guess, well, then you know block low and then eat the overhead as opposed to trying to block high and then eating the low that does more damage. If you just, I hope that makes sense. Know the know the risk reward of both of them so that when you're when you're you know guessing the blocks or trying to make a read, make a read for the safer option. You
0: would probably rather get like a hundred damage and a heart knockdown over like some type of overhead confirm and do five hundred damage you
1: don't Yeah, that. So be very yeah, mindful. So knowing yeah, so knowing that the overhead was would be a more damaging option in that case, uh if you don't know what's coming, it's best to block high. Yes. But anyway, uh, let's move on.
0: Yeah, so that those are your highs and lows of it all. But uh, there's other things like uh let's say you're getting hit a lot or you're playing as a Rio and uh King Fighters eleven He has this move where he'll he'll punch you really hard. And it'll cause a state called Stun. Now, Stun is found in a lot of games. It's found in your Air Dasher games. Slash Anime Fighters. It's found in Street Fighter games. Some of your modern King of Fighters games. And what it'll usually mean is... You will go into a state where you cannot defend. You can't jump. You can't do anything. You can mash buttons to get out of it faster, normally. But, uh, stun is not what you want to be in. Yeah. Now, a move that causes stun right away and it hits you, there's not anything you can do about that, except for try to block it or something. But, if you are taking an onslaught of hits, and you just keep blocking, your stun usually won't come back. And when you do get stunned, they can combo into a throw, usually, because they can throw you out of the stun state, and it'll count as part of the combo. And this reason is being is because, um, uh, the buffering continues for the combo. So keep that in mind when you stun. A lot of characters have specialty stun combos that they can maximize the damage or set up some nifty resets. So.
1: Yeah. Each move, they're going to have, you know, a different amount of damage block, stun, hit, stun, and <clears throat> stun damage. Some moves you might think, wow, this move is kind of useless. Like, like Zangief's little, little headbutt thing. It, it doesn't look, it doesn't, it's not very rangy. It doesn't do that much damage. But if you look, It'll do over 250 stun or different, different characters have a move that causes a lot of stun and it causes a lot of, like, it can open up a lot of potential for big combos. So those are, those are good things to know. If you have a character, you play a character and you know that, um, you've been just really pouring it on, try to go for the higher stun moves and you can, and you can, you know, empty out their stun bar.
0: Yeah. I mean, um, Makoto's forward throw. It doesn't hard knockdown like a lot of throws do, but it does
1: 200 stun.
0: Um, Bravo in Chaos Code has command throws that deal stun. A lot of stun, which is atypical. And that being said, he can pretty much stun you in uh, almost a single combo. Which is pretty huge because he can kill you right away. So Very strong character. Stun is good. It's good to know. When you're about to stun somebody, but don't get so ahead of yourself that you just rush in there off of that stun and they get you with that good reversal.
1: Yeah. Now in Street Fighter Four, of course, and, uh, and other games as well, and it's, it's especially in 3D games like Tekken and Soul Calibur, when we're talking about s- different stun states, that actually plays a huge role in Tekken and in Soul Calibur. And in Street Fighter IV when you're talking about focus attacks. A lot of of combos in Tekken really stem from getting your opponent to in a crumple stun state or like a nosebleed stun state, which is like basically – it's basically like starting a juggle. Uh, Same thing in Soul Calibur. You know, if you're able to hit a move like counter hit, like it automatically stuns. Like I think Nina's a sidestep one. I'm not quite sure, but if it hits counter hit, they're automatically stunned. And as they're falling to the ground, you can hit them with the full combo before they hit the ground. Uh, That's that's all over tech and A lot of strategies are to get your opponent to attack, and then you hit them counterattack. You set them up, and then boom, you got you got you hit them counter you know counter hit, and then they're in a the stun state, and you get full combos. That's a lot in those three three D fighter games.
0: Yeah, you know which game you're playing, and know what causes the stun because you want to yeah.
1: get that or you want to avoid it yeah and and of course, if you get stunned, you have to maximize it like if you hit a level two focus and you actually hit it in street Fighter four, make sure that you actually capitalize and don't let' him just fall to the ground don't don't leave the only points on the table, but anyway, we're gonna move on.
0: that's that sweet crumple you're talking about there crumple stun, <laughs> only fry kick combination crumple stun move yes, and overhead. don't leave that damage on the table
1: don't don't let 'em just don't let 'em just get away with getting stunned.
0: Okay, so whether you're seeing little P.O.P.O. birdies, or whether you're crumbling to your knees, there's different types of stun. Before we get on to our crazy stuff, uh, let's talk about airborne frames right now. There is some benefits to having airborne frames. The key being you're airborne. Now, what this means is uh, generally in certain standing moves... And flying type moves, you've got frames in which you're airborne. Now there's obvious ones, like, sure, you can, you know, when you're flying through the air, that you're, uh, you are airborne. But there are other moves that are less obvious, like Makoto's forward heavy kick. Again,
1: in the middle of that move, when she's hopping
0: forward, she has airborne frames. What this means for her is, you can't catch her with a ground throw.
1: Yeah, cause ground throws whiff against airborne opponents.
0: Also, to something to consider with airborne frames, if you get hit out of the air, in some games you'll flip, and you might not be able to be able to hit by a combo that you otherwise would have been hit by if you were on the ground. So this could mess up your opponent's combo. So this is another way, like if you do a backstep or something, you're airborne, to avoid uh, taking an unnecessary amount of damage that you would have taken if you were just standing there. Obviously it'd be better to block or just not get hit at all, but just... It's another risk reward thing, like Trevor was saying earlier. Like, if you know you're about to hit, get hit by something, why not, you know, take to the air and just get a quick reset?
1: Yeah, a lot of different characters have standing moves that will will make them leave their feet and be in an airborne state for a little bit. Like, like uh, Guile has his little little sobot kick, and another thing that you're going to see with most airborne moves as they're leaving the ground. A lot of times, not always, but they will hop over some low attacks. Like that Sobot will, he does a quick little hop, he spins through the air, and you know he throws out a kick. But if Ryu does a sweep, well, that Sobot kick will jump, jump right over that. And It's not a jump. He didn't actually mean to jump. It wasn't a command jump or a regular jump. It's just the jump was built into the move, and it hopped right over that kick. Uh, a lot of characters have those. And like I said, if you get hit during it, You're not on the ground, so it doesn't open you up to all kind of... I mean, some of it just depends on the game, because if you do an airborne move in a 3D game, usually that means you can get juggled straight out of it, you know. But that's just the way the game is designed. But in a game like Street Fighter, they'll just flip out of it, and then you can land, and you're much safer than getting hit on the ground. It's important to
0: airborne frames as defensive, offensively, and because, like you said before, you don't want to put yourself at risk to get juggled because juggle states usually mean that you can't block at all. Right? You can't get out of them easily. Very dangerous. Yeah.
1: And also, as, as Angry mentioned earlier, most games don't let you throw an airborne character. So yes. if you're doing an airborne move and someone's trying to do a spinning pile driver, it will whiff and you will win. So that's another, another bonus. Instant air.
0: You'll hear this in reference to airborne moves. Certain moves will get you into the air on the first frame. These are useful because they can beat moves that won't hit you while you're in the air. This could be a throw, this could be a low attack, whatever it may be. An instant air attack would be a move that comes out directly after you get in the air. So, it's good to know those as well. And you can look at your frame data, like we talked about in the previous episode, and see when your character is counted as airborne. If they're airborne on the first frame, that could be very useful for... uh beating throws or teching them and uh things of that nature
1: yeah just real quick i don't know if you guys know this but as for instant airframes ken's shoryuken and you shoryuken is different not just because of the flaming effect but also Ryu's shoryuken is airborne from the very first frame ken's is not ken's is a ground move until the third frame they look kind of the similar, and of course, they're invincible either way, so it's not like, you know, some you they're getting thrown out of it, but isn't it just kind of weird how they built that into the, into the game? And I know when I'm playing Street Fighter Cross Tekken, I can air counter a Shoryuken, but I can't. I have to use a ground counter for the Ken's Shoryuken, anyway. Huh. But, yeah. That's some weird, huh? Right there, yeah. Uh, just a just little nugget for free.
0: Okay, so uh, I was about to talk about crush moves. Now, crush moves are kind of... Kind of a 3D game-specific concept, I want to say. A lot of what 2D games are built on were the concept of invincibility, which we'll be talking about in a minute here, but Crush moves bled over into the 2D realm with games like Street Fighter Cross Tekken, And essentially what they are are moves that will absolutely defeat another type of move. For instance, um, Marduk's weak Gator Slam Crushes air attacks. So no matter what you're doing. If you're in the air. In any capacity. Whether you're Ryu. Using a Shoryuken. On that first frame. If you're Ibuki. Doing a cool little hop overhead kick. Or if you're just flying through the air. With your like most high priority cross attack. Marduk will just grab you out of it. For free. And slam you. It'll completely crush your attack. In every way. Lily's stand medium kick, between like frames five and eight or something like that on the kick as the kick is arcing up. It completely crushes air attacks. So, no air attacks, no airborne attacks at all will beat that. And even the launcher in Street Fighter Cross Tekken will crush low attacks. And that doesn't just mean actual low attack, I mean, it crushes all crouching attacks I found. I learned that the hard That's heart- crazy. Nice. Part- because I tried to poke with Marduk's crouch medium punch, and the enemy player actually just used the launcher to crush it. It went straight through yeah. it, and he crushed it, and I took huge damage. So,
1: yeah. yeah, yeah. A lot of times, what you'll see is you know if one player is using a high move, like with a with a hitbox that is, you know, up high, like a roundhouse kick, or you know, like say Sagat forward hard kick, and does the helicopter kick to try to kick your face off. But you sweep instead, well obviously the kick's gonna go over your head and then the sweep wins every time because the hitboxes don't overlap at all. Mm-hmm. Uh as as far as the hitboxes and hurt boxes overlapping, as opposed to that spinning kick will crush a a jump in like almost every time. And in a two D fighter it's a it's a it's basically just a function of where our the hitboxes and where are the hurt boxes? Like, where are they going to be when those attacks the, the come out? You know, and a lot of anti, really good anti air moves. Like, like, you know, angry was saying with Marduk and stuff, they have really low hitboxes that don't even look like they should, but that's how they crush it every time. Like they're designed to do that. Yeah. So you got to like take advantage of that.
0: No air attack, no matter what, even if your air attack would have collided with this hurt box. If he uses a crush move, you just crush. That's it. It'll, it'll completely beat it. That's the purpose of those moves. Yeah. They have a special property just to beat specific types of moves. So. Yeah. Be aware of that. Cause obviously, right if you use that crouch medium punch on uh, somebody standing and in they use their launcher, your fist is going to hit them. It would normally hit them, but because of the nature of the move, it's like rock, paper, scissors. You win. You crushed it.
1: Yeah. It's just the way that goes.
0: Okay, so those are crush attacks. Let's talk about invincibility. We'll talk about invincibility real quick.
1: Yeah, because it kind of goes along with crush. Okay. Uh, invincibility doesn't necessarily mean crush, but, but they kind of flow into each other. So yes, let's do that.
0: Okay. So the difference between crushing and invincibility is crush moves don't always have invincibility. Sometimes they win because of the what they are. Like, Marduk's weak Gator Slam is going to win against Air Attacks because that's what it is. It's not because it has upper body invincibility, it's just because that's what the move is for. Yes. And now, let's talk about, you know, Ryu Shoryuken has invincibility for days. So, it doesn't that necessarily crush Air Attacks, it's just that he has no Hurt Box. So So, technically, it just
1: beats. Anything that's thrown at it. Yes. Yes, technically. Because for three frames or for however many years after he inputs it, there is no hitbox on Ryu. There's nothing that can hit him out of that move. So if two moves are done at the same time, the invincible move will beat it every time. Yes.
0: And, I mean, there's exceptions to this rule. I mean, crush attacks. Crush attacks will actually crush invincible moves in some cases. I've caught many of Ryu while he's saying sure, you can. He's like, Shoryu! Sure, Slam on his face. But, yeah. for the most part, invincible moves are invincible. Uh, like I said before, there's upper and body and lower body invincibility, implying that, like, if you look at your character, lower body invincibility would mean that they have no hurt box or no strikeable area on their lower body, like their legs or whatever. An upper body would be the upper body. And there's different types of invincibility. There's strike invulnerability that'll make it so that you uh can't be hit by physical attacks, usually your normal buttons. There's projectile invulnerability where somebody throws like a Hadoken at you, you can just go right through it. Like Lily can just twirl straight through those fireballs. Julian. If you if you well.
1: time a Tatsumaki right, it'll just helicopter right over a a a fireball. Yep, yep.
0: There's throw invulnerability. Which is kind of tricky because usually in two d fighters talking about them airborne frames will give you that uh throwing vulnerability that you need, so you'll need to know what your uh airborne moves are, but some moves specifically have throw invincibility, like Abel's tornado throw, believe the e x tornado throw or or is the normal tornado throw has throw invincibility on it, More so it'll beat other throws yeah. yeah. So it allows Abel to go in there and be his wrestler's self, just destroy you. Uh, pretty much the most obvious throw invincibility stance I can think of is if you're playing as Steve Fox for some unfortunate reason Mr. street across Tekken, his boxer stance where he's hunched over is completely throw invincible. You can't throw you try to throw it.
1: it? He's like not today, nope. no, he'll just continue he grab it on it. He, he
0: yeah. cannot be thrown
1: out of that at all. So
0: probably not going to worry about that when Steve's in that stance. You're probably just going to make him eat a low attack into
1: huge damage. It's yeah.
0: that. So consider it.
1: True. Now I'm going to say this with invincible frames. It's not all the time, but most of the time when you use the EX, for, you know, version of a special attack, it's usually going to add some sort of frame of invincibility. Uh, Blanca's EX ball. is completely projectile invincible. DJ's EX machine gun uppercut will have upper body invincibility, like full body invincibility for two frames, and then upper body invincibility for the rest of the game. Most EX anti-airs will have extra invulnerable, uh, invincibility frames added. I think Ken, I mean, don't quote me on this one, pop the trunk, but uh, if you do uh, Ken's EX, sure you can. I think it's six frames of invincibility. A whole tenth of a second, or you can't even touch him. And then, of course, usually Ultras and Supers and whatnot, they usually have tons of invincibility frames. Uh, usually, you know, like Makoto's Super and Makoto's Ultra both have frames. Like they can do, you can do them simultaneously and just have, you know, five months worth of invincible frames. And six you're long. like, six, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. So your fist will just pass straight through that angry little girl for for like a month and then she'll just she'll counterattack you. Actually, Ultras uh, will do that. That's yeah.
0: I finished a semester in college during her uh tandem rinky Got my masters during her Ultra One. So Master's
1: in punching me in the, in yeah. the crotch. Yep, right. just like um, just right there. But that's good to know. That's why a lot of people are tempted to just throw them out because if someone's not paying attention and don't really see that you have an ultra. They're just attack happy, attack happy, attack happy. Oh, ultra. And they'll, they'll get used to those frames of invincibility blasting through whatever it is that they're doing and getting for, for big damage. It's bad habits on both parts. If that happens, shame on both of y'all, but you know, it happens. So EX and ultra and super moves usually have much more frames of invincibility added on, you know, and that's, that's the payoff for using up your meter.
0: Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah, you want to be very, very careful with how you use your meter, and you also want to be mindful of whether or not you're dipping into the habit of relying on those friends and ability rather than relying on your own ability to just play the game and make good reads and not rely on your random you can flow charts. But, hey, we talked about bad habits. If you have oh, yeah, that, that, podcast, was, that was the last one. Yeah. Go check it out. Invincibility got different types, but for the most part, it's you don't have a, you don't have a hurt box. so it's almost like you don't have a body to strike. We talked about projectile and vulnerability, but we didn't talk about projectiles themselves. Now, there's really two types of projectiles. Uh, You'll have your like energy type projectiles, and you have your physical projectiles. The energy projectiles are pretty obviously uh, most of your projectiles you're gonna deal with. Talking about your Hadouken. Fireball.
1: Your your, Godoken, your Fireballs. Yeah. your,
0: your Tiger little, shots.
1: And sonic booms and whatnot. All kinds of stuff.
0: Those are your, your energy projectiles. And they pretty much beat anything that's not a projectile. Like right off the bat. Unless you are projectile invulnerable. Or have some type of uh, ability to absorb that projectile. Or reflect it. You're gonna get hit by that. If you try to just beat it and
1: don't block it. <sighs> Including Devil I-beams. For those of you who say that there's no projectiles in Tekken, fight an I-beam spamming Devil Jin. But anyway, let's not talk about him anymore. Let's talk about...
0: Projectiles. Projectiles, yeah. Projectiles in certain games like Marvel 3 have different durability. And uh, if you want to get specific about that, you know, pick up a player's guide or go read an FAQ. But what I'm going to tell you is some projectiles are stronger than others, and Street Fighter Four. It just depends on how many hits that projectile
1: has. Whether that's it's going to win. Yeah. Most of them have just one hit. And then most EX ones have two hits. And then there are some characters that throw out multi hitting projectiles. either in their ultra or they have special multi hitting projectiles. Like Akuma.
0: Yes. But those are a lot of energy based projectiles have that. Now, physical projectiles. We're talking about like. Ipoke's kunai or rolento knives. The problem with physical projectiles is, you can usually just strike them. If your hitbox collides with that projectile's hitbox, your hitbox will just nullify that projectile. You can just jab away a rolento knife. Yes. Say, like, get out of here with that mess. Now, do I recommend trying that every time? No. Don't. Because you'll probably take that rolento knife sliver of damage. But, if you have a move that has a lot of active frames, like Makoto, who has a Monopoly on all active frames, you might just be able to double punch that knife out of the air. <laughs> so, those are uh, your physical projectiles. And a lot of them can be reflected, some of them can't. There's also beams. You'll see this a lot in the versus game. Beams generally have more durability than a uh, single-hit projectile. And they're just like a multi hit blast of energy.
1: Yeah, like a Unabeam. Like right, back in the old, you know, Street Fighter vs. X Men days, they like optic blasts. Yes. Like, oh, get out of here with your Hadouken. optic blast, and it just cuts right through everything. It's really yeah. cheap.
0: Be mindful you're, uh, Dr. Dooms with their beams, Iron Man. They will definitely, uh, make you have a bad day. If you try to just know it's normal, much how to go through them. Yeah. Uh, another thing that might change the pace a little bit would be dive kicks. Now, I almost just want to do an entire podcast by itself on dive kicks. Only, you know, mostly because of the tech music game called dive kick. And why dive kicks are so significant. But I'm going to quickly, uh, Dredd and I are going to quickly go over what makes dive kicks so deadly. And I think I can sum it up in one statement. They change the art of your jump.
1: Yeah. I mean, I know we've gone over this a bunch uh, in other podcasts, but it's true because that makes your jump that much more viable if you you can change which way it's coming down, you know, uh, and not be so predictable with it. Um, we know great dive kicks like yung Yang, Rufus, Evil Ryu, You know, Cami all have these 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 amazing dive kicks. Some of them are going to be overhead, and some of them are not. Some of them can be blocked low. So it's good to know which ones are which, because usually the ones that are do hit overhead are much more viable. Because you have to you have to deal with that. You can't just you know crouch block.
0: Yeah, they're pretty rare though. So if you find out what they are, by all means. Uh, I'll tell you one right now. Makoto's ex uh, Sugiri her axe kick, and you can instant air it, so it becomes her like leaping overhead dive kick. I say that it's a dive kick because it does in fact change the arc of her
1: jump. So. Yeah, and it goes—I mean, it goes down, uh, and it hits below her, so it's—it's it's like a, a dive kick. DJ's knee drop is—I don't call it a dive kick; I call it a knee drop because that's what it is. It changes the arc of his jump. It can't be blocked low, so there's 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 all kind of different dive kicks. And like we said, you know, you don't if you if you're jumping, you're gonna get predictable with where you're gonna land. You can get anti-air, but you know, if you jump, and one thing, you know, if you're dive kicking all the time, you know, you're dive kicking at safe ranges. It's the one time you don't dive kick that they they misjudge it, and then you can get them with a the full jump up. Yeah,
0: it's all about that mental conditioning and knowing your opponent. Sometimes you have a lot of time to sit there and and try different things, so I gotta say that uh having a dive kick will give you uh an advantage over a newer player if you've never played them before because it gives you the ability to control your jump, which is pretty huge absolutely okay, so those are dive kicks. There's only a couple more sections here, and they both have to deal with mobility, which is good. It's a good segue from uh dive kicks here uh teleports. I'm not really sure how much I need to talk about this. There's well, there's different... something we do need to
1: talk about with teleports. Okay. all right. Something very here important. Here. Hit me up. So, obviously, you put in a thing and all of a sudden you go, blip, you know, they're away from one section of the screen, and then blip, they're on the other section of the screen. And you think, that's some crazy, you can do all kinds of stuff with that. Here's the thing. Teleports always have a startup and a recovery, just like every other move. Very few of them are instant on either end. So, being a DiCaprio player myself, they're not invincible uh, on the ends of them. So they'll they'll have startup and they'll have recovery. And some of them are different. Like, I know that Seth's is different than Dawson's, definitely different than DiCaprio's. But you can't just throw them out and be safe options. Especially like Bison's. Like, it'll, Bison's has really quick startup. But then he stands there for a second while well, he transmogrifies and collects his his atomic particles, I, I guess, if you will. And you can get you can get you can punish it, even if it looks fast. If you if you're predictable with it, you're gonna get punished. They're gonna they're gonna take care take advantage of those recovery frames. So that's that's an important thing to know. You have to be able to predict something like someone's gonna throw a chariot and you're then you use the teleport just then. Or someone's using a crouching attack, so that while they're crouching, Dawson you can yoga teleport, and then immediately, because with his teleport, he's airborne, so he's airborne frames when he's coming down, which is a weakness and a strength. Because as soon as he comes down, he uses an air attack, and it's overhead, so he can use that to beat a low attack. You have to know when those 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 vulnerability frames are going to be, like because they're there, even if they don't look like it.
0: Yeah, you know. Teleports can be tricky. You usually see about, like, I would say two types of teleports. You are like, traditional teleports, like M. Bison, I tried said earlier, like Strider, here you in the Marvel series. Marvel vs. series. But yeah. then you also have, like, dash teleports, like Ibuki's or Lucky Globber from uh King Fighters. Or my girl DiCaprio! Or DiCaprio, like you said earlier. And um, yeah. some of these running teleports have Less invincibility than the actual,
1: like, re-
0: disappear, reappear
1: teleports, but yeah. it is there. And now, there's a whole family of teleports that we won't even go into. And they're called Nether Realm Studios teleports. Because Mortal Kombat is full of them all yes. over the place. Yes. I think, like, about it's like 50 50 with characters that have or don't have teleports. I'm looking at you, Scorpion. So usually they have attacks at the end of them and usually they're mega unsafe on block. So shout out to all those Mortal Kombat players that are actually listening to this podcast. I know we don't throw a lot of love your way off, you know, a lot. But listen, don't spam those teleports because you will get punished. Yes, you will. I might even come down there and Kung Lao you in the face. Yeah, that noob, that noob teleport. Like I can't think of one teleport attack. Like Melina, Noob, Kung Lao, Scorpion, any one of those get blocked, you're getting punished.
0: Like the only one of those that I think is like really, really effective is the Raiden.
1: Well, Ryden is not an attack teleport. Like no, his is not. like an old school. I was here and now I'm here really fast. You know that's what the, the perks of being a you know the god of lightning and thunder. Uh, you know it's not like there's a there's a fist attached to the end of that teleport. Okay, so. Yeah. By like so, by virtue of that, it's much much safer.
0: Definitely something to think about. Yeah, actually, Strider has a move uh, var varja varja. He disappears and then it reappears with those kicks, and he yeah. like reforms reforms himself above you and kicks downward. That's kind of in the same vein as a NetherRealm Studios teleport,
1: right? Yeah. Usually a foot or a fist attached at the end of it.
0: Yes. Okay, so those are teleports, and they're especially dangerous because you don't know what side they're going to appear on. And it's just mostly for filthy mix-ups, and sometimes extending com- combos. But let's talk about command dashes and jumps. Now, let's do that. Um, m- a lot of fighting, modern fighting games, you can dash by pressing forward-forward or back-back. But sometimes characters have what are called command dashes. This is uh, when you input a special move motion, like quarter-circle board, and say, kick for a guy, and he will take off running. Now, this is huge for Street Fighter because characters can't run. They just do little hops. But then the question is,
1: what about games
0: like KOF? Some characters have command dashes in KOF, like Ramon. He can run backwards, and he has another one where he runs forwards. And it then becomes like, okay, well, you can already run in this game, so what's the point? Well, since it's a command, you can sometimes combo into that dash. And if you can cancel that dash on the first frame, you now have another move that will make moves that weren't safe, safe.
1: Yeah, it gives you so many more options. If you can cancel any kind of move or even a special with a movement, it can open up combo possibilities. Like El Forte has an infinite where he'll hit you with the fierce standing punch, then cancel into into a run, then stop, then have enough frame advantage to hit another standing heavy punch. If you've ever seen someone do it, it's very nauseating to watch. To just, to just watch ElfWare to just twitch around the screen while everybody else's uh, health decreases. Uh, coming up in Street Fighter V, Ken will have a command run. It'll be his V-Skill. Where he can actually cancel out of his standing heavy kick into a run. So on hit or on block, you've got options afterwards. You know, if on block he can just run up and grab you. Or on hit, he can actually hit that standing heavy kick, cancel it with a run and continue a combo with the standing heavy punch. I've seen it. You know, who knows if that's actually going to make the final version, but that's definitely a good uh, utility for it. Give an example of that, so we'll see. Man, it's crazy. Yeah. But, um, uh, they're, they're out there, and they change the way the character plays.
0: Along with Command Dash, you also have Command Jumps. Now, you're probably wondering yourself, angry, why would I need a Command Jump when I can press up? Well, it goes back to what I was saying before. Uh, let's take, uh, Dante from all the Sky from three he has a command and jump, and you can combo into it, which means that he also has a lot of airborne attacks makes
1: some cool combos, yeah, and you know if you can do a command jump like if you can cancel a move with a command jump you can you can kind of do some cool mix ups you can do some combos that weren't possible now uh, you know some of them would be Kabuki's super jump, which is kind of complicated to do. But we'll have options afterwards. And most notably in Street Fighter lore is uh C Viper, who if you press down, up forward will have a super jump. Uh that can actually cancel. You can use that to combo into her Ultra 2. Uh not so impressive because the rest of KOF has a super jump, you know, just just straight up do it anyway. But uh <laughs> it's it's uh you know, it's it's a, it's it's something to look out for. And again, like we keep talking about, it changes the trajectory of your jump. You know, people expect you to jump this way, but then all of a sudden you're jumping higher and farther. You know, or at a different angle. Mix it up.
0: Shoot, you're in the middle of an attack, and up oh, now I'm jumping. That means you might be able to do an instant air overhead, which means if they're blocking low, they're already dead. Yeah.
1: That's it from our list, there, Dreddie. I think so. Can we talk about? I mean, is there any other uh, special move property that that you can think of that we've missed? I mean, uh, probably the guard crush. Guard crushing. Now, yes, that's something that you don't get to see very often, but it's it's going to become more prominent because I've seen it in Street Fighter 5. Let's explain what a guard crush is.
0: Okay, so let's say that you're blocking. You're doing a great job blocking. You just hold down and back. Person is railing on you, railing, wailing and railing, wailing and railing. And all of a sudden, your like a meter below your health bar or your character starts flashing. Or, hey, your character all of a sudden just throws his arms aside. Ugh. <laughs> and then you get hit. How did that happen? I was blocking. Yes, you were blocking, but you then fell victim to something we call... Guard Break. Now, some moves will Guard Break right away. 3D fighters have a lot of them. Yeah. Compared to 2D fighters. They're, soul, they're in Soul Calibur a lot. Sometimes, there are actually even moves designed in the game specifically to break guards, like in Yadagrasu.
1: Yes, and upcoming, there is the Denjin Hadoken, which in Street Fighter V, with Ryu, if you're in Denjin mode, you can hold down the punch button on your Hadoken. If you hit it right, if you hit this supercharged up fireball, it will, even if they block it, it will cause them to be in guard crush, and it will open them up to follow-up attacks. So that's coming. So, good to see that coming up in, the, up in some Street Fighter V. And it used to be that, you know, like in games like Street Fighter Alpha, that they'd have an actual block, block, like a defense gauge where if it runs out, you automatically go into guard crush and it opens you up for a combo. Uh, I don't see too many of those. I think in anime fighters they have those. But, uh, I mean, I think we, we kind of touched on that earlier, but so we're talking about the moves that specifically. Break someone's guard and, open, and, and, and opens them up for follow ups.
0: Follow ups are dangerous. You don't want follow ups. So, watch your guard yeah. meter. Yeah. Okay, so I think that's actually it at this point. We talked about overhead, scar crush, stun and crumple, invincibility, crush, airborne frames, low attacks, dive kicks, projectiles and beams, teleports, and command dashes and jump. That's a lot of things we just covered today, and there's even more things. So if you all in the audience have more questions about different types of moves or slang you've heard, please feel free to leave us a, a message, drop us a line, and ask us. And you have a better suggestion for something that you want to hear us talk about? Then please, tell us what that suggestion is.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, a lot of podcasts are very informational, and a lot of podcasts are very uh entertaining. We strive to be both. Yes. So please let us know how we're doing and let us know how we can make the content better for you.
0: Okay, so I'm a bit tired because I got back from New York Comic Con. Oh my goodness. We're going to talk about it. I spent Thursday to Sunday there just partying very hard, went to some of the after parties, a lot of fun, did a little bit of cosplaying, super fun. Play Street Fighter Five as Lara. I did that. That happened. Wow. Uh, I got to tell you that I, I played the game twice. I played as Karen. I played as Lara. Street Fighter Five, and I know we're talking about Street Fighter Five a lot, but it is a uh, it's a game that's coming out soon. It's pretty pretty much gonna be the next big fighting game, I think. Uh, Lara is as uh, a cool character. The game feels very honest. In that when I'm pressing buttons and doing things, it, it feels like it's testing my ability to beat the other opponent, my opponent with just like my skills, as opposed to being able to press some complicated stuff to do FADC into death.
1: Yeah, which should be good news for people with good fundamentals and people who want to get into it without having to try to press a lot of like a lot of unnecessarily complicated buttons.
0: Yeah, I'm glad that we got rid of a lot of them. I'm sure V-Skills, v people will complain about those, but, I mean, FADCs are ridiculous. Yeah, I can't
1: wait. Really looking forward to this game.
0: I mean, I'll, I mean, Street Fighter V looks great. I I, I met Yoshinori Ono. He was there. I got him to sign my soccer statue, so it was cool. Awesome. Other than that, man, I don't really have a lot to say from New York Comic Con. I tweeted, I Instagrammed a bunch, and uh, all those pictures are going to be out there soon, so... It'll be fun
1: editing those. I cannot wait to see all those. I bet it was crazy. Shall we plug the next con we're going to? I think we should. I
0: was just about to do a little plugging. Uh, OniCon. You want to talk about OniCon a bit?
1: Yes. OniCon is happening October 30th to November 1st. It's over Halloween weekend in the Galveston Convention Center. Right there on the seawall. And yours truly, Dreaded and Angry, will be there. We've got the panel approved. That's right. We will be running another, yet another edition of Hadouken uh, Intro to, to uh, Fighting Games. A lot of what we've been talking about here, we're going to talk about in person. We're just going to go over it. We'll try to keep it within an hour, uh, you know, just the basics of getting into fighting games, you know, stuff that we've been covering here in the podcast. Uh, we'll probably be dressed up as our favorite characters of whatever we want. But uh it's gonna be a good time man and hopefully we get to meet uh some more some more fellow gamers some more and get some more people invite you know in the fighting game community and get them get them involved um i'm really looking forward to that i know i have invited a bunch of people that are already in fighting games but then they're gonna bring their friends so uh if you if you want to come and check us out uh that our panel is gonna be on october 31st uh 11 o'clock panel room three of onicon should be a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, it should be a lot of fun. And, uh, if you can't make that 11 o'clock cause you got other things to do, other panels, feel free to, you know, meet up with us later, hang out. We love to play you. We'll be in the area. I'm sure that, uh, some grudge matches will be needed. So just let us know. We we will, we like to play and, uh, looking forward to meeting everybody there in Galveston. All say, right. Gotta say dreaded. Uh, today's been a good podcast. I've enjoyed it. We will be closing things out as we typically do. So if you will.
1: Everybody, until the next challenge.
0: Thank you very much.
1: And uh, we will see you.